Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. We continue tonight. Mark chapter 5, if you join me there tonight, Mark chapter 5. Uh, this uh, is one of the stories that we recently read in our Bible reading program. And also was recently depicted in, uh, I don't know if you've been following, the, uh, the Chosen TV series was, was also depicted in that show. And uh, I hope that it will be a blessing to you tonight as we think about these things. How many of you have ever heard the name Smith Wigglesworth? Show of hands. Smith Wigglesworth has a funny name, but uh, he was a, a preacher and a evangelist and was well known for his healing ministry. He was a man of great faith. He was not a Bible trained. He was not a scholar. He was a plumber, in fact. And as God got a hold of his life, began to use him in powerful ways, sure, that we're going to read in just a moment, where Jesus encourages a man who's in a moment of extreme doubt. And Jesus says to him, Do not fear, only believe. Smith Wigglesworth read that scripture, and he built his entire ministry off of that idea. Do not fear, only believe. And he spent his ministry and his life, his preaching, he spent his his time, and he would apply that to nearly every situation he found himself in. I want to read you one testimony perhaps one of the greatest stories that came out of from his life he says this is written by his own hand i was called at 10 o'clock one night to pray for a young person given up by the doctor who was dying as i looked i saw that unless god undertook it was impossible for her to live i turned to the mother and said well mother you will have to go to bed she said oh i have not had my clothes i've not changed my clothes for three weeks I said to the other daughters, you will also have to go to bed, but they did not want to go. It was the same with the son. I put on my overcoat and said, goodbye, I'm leaving. They said, oh, please don't leave us. He said, I can do nothing here. They said, oh, if you stop, we will all go to bed. I knew that God would move nothing in an atmosphere of mere sympathy and unbelief. Having sent them all off to bed, I stayed, and that was surely a time as I knelt by that bed face to face with death and with the devil. But God can change the hardest situation and make you to know that he is almighty. Then came the fight. It seemed as though the heavens were brass. I prayed from 11 p.m. until 3.30 in the morning. I saw the glimmering light on the face of that dear girl and saw her pass away. The devil said, Now you are done for. 
you have come from Bradford and the girl has died on your watch. I said, it can't be. God did not send me here for nothing. This is a time to change strength. I remembered that passage which said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Death had taken place, but I knew that my God was all-powerful, that he had split the Red Sea. is just the same today. It was a time when I, would have, when I would not have known, and God said, yes. I looked at the window, and at that moment, the face of Jesus appeared. It seemed as though a million rays of light were coming from his face. <clears throat> as he looked at the one who had just passed away, the color came back to her face. She rolled over and fell asleep. Then I had a glorious time. In the morning, she woke early put on a dressing gown, and walked down to the piano. She started to play and sing a wonderful song. The mother and sister and the brother had all come down to listen. The Lord had undertaken an incredible miracle that night. Here's a man uh, that is one out of many testimonies of resurrection power done by his hand. And it was because of the simple faith. Do not fear, only believe. Do we still believe that God is a miracle-working God? Do we still believe that God is able to heal the sick and raise the dead? Our Bible says that those of us who follow in his footsteps will see even greater things than what Jesus did in his earthly ministry. And so these are words tonight, these are words that will contend with certain other words that we hear in life. And I want, to, uh, I want to preach a message that I've titled, Casting Out Doubt. And I want to read from Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. Familiar story of Jairus, if you read with us there tonight. Behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came. His name was Jairus. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Following here is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. We're going to skip and go down to verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter, go, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, remember this story started with Jairus, how he had asked Jesus to come with him. In the middle of him going to Jairus's house, that is where the woman with the issue of blood takes place. Then verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? You know, it's very critical in life. What, what do you do in moments like that where it seems all of your hopes and fears and dreams and desires have been dashed? But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, that famous verse, do not be afraid, only believe. Some of you all need to hear that tonight. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but only sleeping. Jesus is speaking faith. 
But look at verse 40. They ridiculed him. That means they laughed at him. They jeered. They insulted. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. They were overcome with great amazement, but he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said something should be given her to eat. I love Jesus. Didn't forget about lunch. Let's pray. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. We're asking you to help us. We're asking you to speak to us tonight as we cast out our doubts and fears. Praying, God, that you'd help us to raise up once again a spirit of simple faith. God, that we can believe you for great things. And we give you glory tonight in Jesus' name. God's people would say, amen. Y'all got to pray for me. Got a tickle in my throat. But we want to pray. We want to look, first of all, at the idea of waiting for Jesus. Jairus had a simple request. Would you come to my house and pray for my daughter? She's deathly ill. Now, this man, Jairus, a very interesting uh, character in the Word of God, <coughs> the Bible calls him a ruler of the synagogue. That is no small thing. Now, we know that there were many others in the synagogue who rejected the teaching of Jesus almost outright. Now, there were many in the synagogue who had wanted nothing to do with Jesus, but here's a man who is a ruler of the synagogue. He is uh, in, in a position of authority, not just a member, but a ruler. It's amazing what can happen to a person when they get desperate. Here's a man that despite his position, despite his uh, authority, despite his character and his reputation, his daughter is dying. And he has seen Jesus work miracles. All of the other distractions get out of the way when his daughter is dying. The Bible says he comes to Jesus, he fell down, and he begged. If you ever wonder why some people are constantly in a stream of disarray in their lives, maybe it's because those are the only times that they cry out to Jesus. Have you ever noticed that some people are just always in trouble? Some people are always just struggling. Well, often that's because the only time they ever cry out to God is when they're at the end of their rope. And the idea tonight is that we should be able to constantly be asking Jesus to help us. Oh, mama comes through. Thank you. Thank you. So there's so many things that we can learn from just this short description of a man who is not a novice. He, it's not that he knows nothing about the Word of God. He knows plenty. But when it comes down to having a daughter on the verge of death, how many know in that moment all of the, his education did not matter? In that moment, all of his position and reputation and authority did not matter because none of those things are going to save his daughter. Nothing in this earth, in fact, was able to deliver his daughter from the verge of dying. So he comes and he recognizes the power of Jesus. That's what you all should do also. That in the moment of desperation and fear, and this is many times why God allows us to get to these moments of our lives, 
is because it's only at those times that we truly begin crying out to him. One person said that it's only when we get down to our knees that we can finally look up to heaven. Sometimes God allows the tragedies and difficulties of life in order to break us from our pride and our connection to the things of the world. Have you ever been there? How many times have you heard the testimony that said, I got to the end of my rope and then I cried out to Jesus? And then you don't wonder why God lets us get to the end of our rope. Because it is then that we begin to truly, like this man, beg and plead earnestly with Jesus, you cannot let me go. You've got to do something about my daughter. What's amazing about this story is Jesus' response. When this man came earnestly, sincerely, and began to cry out to Jesus, Jesus didn't uh, sit and ponder for a while. Jesus didn't think about it. Let me consider your request. No. As soon as Jesus heard the need, he said, let's go. And isn't that true of our Savior, that he stands at the ready to help us at any moment that we cry out to him? This is the amazing thing about God, that he stands at the ready to forgive and to heal and to deliver at the moment that we request, at the moment that we cry out to him. I'm so glad that God's not like us. You know, when somebody comes begging to us for forgiveness, oftentimes we say, well, I got to think about that. Well, I better consider. Well, I better just, uh, uh, no, but Jesus, he doesn't need to think about it. He doesn't need to ponder. He was moved. And I want to tell you, that's because this man experienced and expressed true faith. Let me hear you say the word faith. Do you know what moves the heart of God? Faith. Jesus was moved because this man had faith. And because this man had faith, Jesus began to move in his direction. Now, as you know, it is on the road to Jairus' house. Remember, he was desperate. Remember that, that he, he was so desperate that he was on his knees begging Jesus. This was an urgent need. This is not something to be put off. And it's on the road to, this, to his house that the woman with the issue of blood, she sees Jesus coming along. And this is a whole nother message about the power of faith. That she sees Jesus and she reasons to herself, <coughs> if I can only touch the hem of his garment, <coughs> I can be made well. She does that. She moves through the crowd. She touches his garment and instantly she's healed. And Jesus notices but what's amazing about this story is that Jesus stops. He stops the procession. He asks the disciples, who touched me? Who did that? Something miraculous just happened. I need to know who believed me. And it's an incredible story of God's grace and, uh, and God's kindness and God's response to her faith. But I'm thinking about Jairus. I'm thinking about Jairus who's thinking about his daughter, and he's urgently waiting for Jesus to get there to heal his daughter. <clears throat> Can you imagine what it would be like for Jairus? All of a sudden, Jesus stops, and he's talking to this lady, and he's talking to the disciples, and Jairus is like, we got to go. She's on the verge of death. 
We don't have time for this lady. We can talk to her later, Jesus. Can we go? Isn't it incredible that Jairus didn't let this situation shake him? You know, if it was me or if it was you, I would, I would venture to doubt that uh, Jesus, excuse me, tap on the shoulder, uh, leave the old lady behind. We got to go help my daughter. You know, this, I, I wonder tonight sometimes if this was not a test for this religious man. Could he stand and watch while someone else got a miracle while his daughter was dying? Could he stand there and be patient and have a heart of ex- expectancy and remain faithful and true while Jesus was healing somebody else? You know, that can be a real test in life, can't it? <coughs> when God does a miracle for somebody else. And we look at that and we say, but what about me? What about my daughter? You know, the time is, the clock is ticking here, Jesus. And if you stay here, it's kind of like we, we have this wrong idea about God that he's only got a certain number of miracles left in him. And then if we don't get our miracle now, it's never going to come. We have a communist view of God. There's only a certain number of slices of the pie, and i got to get my slice. But how many know God's got plenty of miracles? He's got plenty of power. Jesus was limited in his time on earth, but we serve a God who is unlimited. And I believe sometimes God will test us by letting a miracle happen in someone else's life while we're waiting. What happens when others get healed? What happens when others get delivered? What happens when somebody else gets the job that you wanted? What happens when, when somebody else gets a blessed or somebody else prays with a convert or somebody else rises up in ministry and you feel left behind? Can you identify with how Jairus is feeling in this moment? Well, I want to tell you, God's timing is not the same as our timing. God is rarely early, but I tell you, he is never late. We can never slip into the mentality that God has to take care of me first before he runs out of miracles. Sorry, Jairus. I'm all out of healing power for the day. I guess we'll have to wait for tomorrow. Now, I want to talk secondly about words of unbelief and words of Jesus. Because in our scripture, we see two conflicting words that are being spoken. And there's some powerful Uh, lessons to be learned here. Sometimes we don't realize how powerful or the weight of the words that we speak. Some words are spoken in this account that could have caused Jairus to lose his miracle that Jesus was about to do. Look at verse 49. They came to him and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Do not trouble Jesus. It's all too late. Your miracle, your opportunity is gone. How many of you have ever received a word like that? This is a bad time. Jesus had just done this incredible miracle for this woman, healed from the issue of blood for 12 years. But right there in that moment, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble 
And it's like, if you were the father of a 12-year-old daughter, the flood of thoughts and emotions would run through your mind. He would probably remember when she was born, the, the, the years flashing before him as she's growing up, her first steps, her first words, her face, and finally re- coming to a realization that she's gone. All of his hopes and dreams for her future could have vanished and blown away at that, at that thought that she had just died. And it's easy in that moment. It's no use to believe anymore. I've been wasting my time with Jesus. It was a waste of time to ask him in the first place. I guess he can't do anything now. It's too late. Have you ever felt like that? You know, there's a scripture in Job. The moment in Job's life after he's lost everything, he's lost his wealth, he's lost his health, he's lost his family, he's lost his, uh, his reputation, he's lost, and he doesn't know why. He hasn't done anything wrong. And in that moment when he's lost, his wife comes to him and says, oh, Job, are you still believing in God? Are you still hold fast to your integrity? Just curse God and die. You know, there can be words spoken into your life that can cause death and devastation. Because if Jairus would have listened to those words, just like if Job would have listened to his wife's advice, it would have never worked out the way God wanted. You've got to be careful which voices you allow to speak to you. In times of difficulty, in times of tragedy, in times of challenge, in times of fear, in times of sickness, you've got to be careful which voices you choose to listen to. Are you hearing me tonight? You can't just listen to every voice. When words like that come into your life, you must be careful how you deal with them. Because words like that, even though those words are true, They are like a seed that is planted. And the seed, when it's planted, can grow into a spirit of doubt and unbelief. What's amazing here is that those words that were spoken were the truth. They were the reality. Your daughter is dead. There is a reality of life. But I want to tell you, God's reality is bigger than the current truth of reality. In front of us, God's kingdom is bigger than what we can see. That sometimes God's plans are beyond what we can see and understand with our eyes. And so it doesn't mean that we live with rose-colored glasses on. It doesn't mean that we deny reality. But what we must do is choose to listen and hang on to the words of Jesus rather than the words of the bad report. Because look at what Jesus said, verse 50. When Jesus heard those words, he would not let them stand. Jesus was standing right there. And he heard those words spoken. Your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the teacher. And as soon as he heard those words, he said, we're not, we're, we're not going to let that word stay. He said that famous verse, verse 50, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. I want to tell you tonight, there are times when Jesus will whisper in your ear, do not be afraid, only believe. 
when it seems impossible. Do not be afraid. Only believe. When the bill needs to get paid, do not be afraid. Only believe. When you feel discouraged, do not be afraid. Only believe. When that relationship seems dead and gone, do not be afraid. Only believe. I want to tell you, if Jesus can raise a dead little girl, he can certainly help you in your problem, whatever you're facing tonight. When the doctor's report is not what you want to hear, do not be afraid. Only believe. When the letter in the red ink comes in the mailbox, do not be afraid. Only believe. I want to tell you that God's kingdom is beyond what we can understand or expect. I want to share another testimony with you. There was a a man who uh, came. This also comes from the life of Smith Wigglesworth. And he testifies that an afflicted man stood before me helpless and withered. He had cancer in his stomach. The physicians had operated upon him to take the cancer out of of his stomach. But there were complications and the result was that no, fo- no food could enter the man's stomach. He could not swallow anything. So in order to keep him alive, they had made a hole in his stomach and a tube about nine inches long with a cup at the top. And he was fed with liquid through this tube. He lived in this horrible state for three months, but had been kept alive looking like a skeleton. And Smith Wigglesworth testifies, what was I to say to him? If, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Here was the word of Christ. He that believes on me, the works that I shall do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. The word of God is true. Christ is with the Father and grants our requests. And so what should I do in a present of a case like this? Believe the word. So I simply believe the word which says in Mark eleven twenty three. He shall have whatsoever he says. So I said to him, go home and eat a healthy supper. The man said, but I cannot swallow. I said, go home and have a good supper. That's good advice. On the authority of the word of God, I say it. Christ says that he that believes these things which he says shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he says. So I say... Go home in the name of Jesus and eat a healthy supper. This man believed. He went home. Supper was prepared. Many times he had put food in his mouth, but he had been forced to spit it out again. I dared to believe that he could swallow that night. So that man filled his mouth full as he had done before. And because someone dared to believe God's word and said to him, you shall have a good supper in the name of Jesus, when he chewed his food... It went down in the normal way to his stomach, and he ate until he was quite satisfied. He and his family went to bed, filled with joy. The next morning when they arose, they were filled with the same joy. Life had begun again, and naturally, he looked down to see the hole that had been made in his stomach by the physicians. But God knew that he did not want two holes. So when God opened the normal passage, he closed the other hole in his stomach. This is the kind of God we have all the time. A God who knows, a God who acts and brings things to pass when we believe. Dare to believe and dare to speak and you shall have whatsoever you say if you do not 
doubt. I want to say that your words in the midst of your struggle are so critical. Your words. We must speak with faith. This is what happened when Jairus uh, brings Jesus to his house. Let's look at what happens with his little girl. Verse 52. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. So what's amazing is that the words that Jesus spoke are opposite of reality in that moment. Isn't that true? They're opposite of what is actually happening in Jairus' house that moment. And there was a crowd there. It was commonplace in the day that when somebody passes away, and especially when a young girl like this who not supposed to, to die when you're young, they would hire professional mourners. Could you imagine having a job like that? That These were people who were musicians and they would sing and they would play a, 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 a flute or they would weep and, they would, and you would invite them to come help you mourn the loss of your loved one. And the, in the Jewish tradition, this was a 10-day a process. So they've already started the process of mourning the dead little girl. Jesus comes into this scene. People are crying. Ah! Ah! Playing a flute. And this is the whole scene that they walk in on, right? Jesus says, stop doing that. She's not dead. She's sleeping. And you know, the words of Jesus can change the whole situation. This crowd, in one moment, is weeping and wailing. And in the next moment... What are they doing? They're laughing. <laughs> Jesus, you idiot. You don't know what's real. How can you deny the facts? You know, serving God is sometimes like that. Sometimes we have to deny the obvious circumstances in order to believe the words of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. There are going to be times in your life when you've got to hear this word tonight. Do not fear, only believe. Do you continue to follow Jesus even when those who don't believe are laughing at you? Will you continue to believe? It doesn't mean denying reality. It simply means trusting in Jesus through everything. And what Jesus had to do is what some of you all are going to have to do tonight. In verse 54, it says he put them outside. He said, you, out, you, you mourners, you weepers, you've got to get out of here. The miracle that I want to do is not going to happen as long as you are here ridiculing, mocking, and laughing. We must have an atmosphere of expectation. We must have an atmosphere where people believe the word of Jesus. Can I tell you, this is what we contend for in every church service. This is why we have prayer meetings here is because we are contending. God can do miracles, but not in an atmosphere where there is fear and doubt and unbelief. And so we've got to kick out all of the spirits of doubt. We've got to put them outside the way Jesus did. When you are operating in a spirit of unbelief, let me tell you what will happen. Jesus will be the one pushing you out of the picture. There will be miracles happening because that's what Jesus does. But you won't be involved when you operate in the spirit of unbelief and fear and allow it to dominate your life. 
you'll be the one that Jesus is pushing out the door. But if we will hear his words, do not be afraid, only believe. Listen, these are the words that he spoke in this story. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not weep. She is not dead but sleeping. And the last word that he spoke was, little girl, arise. Let me ask you, who do you choose to listen to during tragic moments of life? We know that God doesn't heal everybody. God doesn't resurrect everybody. But we also know that we've got to trust him in all things. And I want to encourage you tonight that there's people who are struggling with doubt and fear and unbelief, it seems, is your constant companion. But I want to challenge you. Maybe God would speak into your unbelief. Maybe God would speak a word. Maybe Jesus would speak a, do not fear, only believe in your situation. Maybe you've got to cast out a few unbelieving companions in your life. Maybe there's somebody who's speaking words of unbelief into your life. And like Jesus, you've got to put them out. Cast those words out from your life. Maybe it's coming from you. Maybe there's a part of your mind that doesn't want to believe. Sometimes we've got to be willing to put those ideas and those fears and those preconceptions. Do not fear. Only believe. Unless we become the ones who ridicule Jesus and his miracle-working power. I want to say tonight as we close that Jesus has not lost his power. We're 2,000 years removed from the ministry of Christ on earth. But can I tell you, we are still the hands and the feet of Jesus. That the church is still empowered by the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus. That there, are, there is no miracle that you read about in the Bible that cannot take place today when God chooses in his time and his purpose and in his will. And I want to tell you tonight that if, if, if we would contend, I'm not saying that God will answer you know, every prayer list, you know, every item on your, on your list. But I'm saying tonight, if we would simply believe the words of Jesus, what did he say? He said, if you would believe that all things are possible, that you can speak to a mountain, be the removed, and be cast into the sea. You know, I believe Jesus said those things for a reason. Because we often have spirits of doubt and unbelief that can conquer us. And we should be challenged tonight to hold God to his standards. To put out of our minds the spirit of doubt and fear. Sometimes we got to cast them out, man. Cast out the voices of doubt that are saying, huh, don't trouble the teacher. He doesn't want to. I've heard that before. Oh, pastor, I, you know, I, I didn't want to call. I didn't want to bother you. Oh, I didn't want to, you know, it, I just, I'll sit here and suffer. Would you just call? Would you just reach out for help? The Bible says that this is what the church is for. And I want to encourage you tonight. Maybe you, there, there's some houses tonight that are filled with the weepers and the wailers. There's some people here tonight, you've been listening to the voices of that messenger who said, oh, don't worry, Jesus, don't trouble him. Don't, she's already dead. It's already gone. You've just leave it behind. Cut your losses. You've been listening to those voices. And tonight, God would spark a faith in your heart once again to believe him for great things. Let's bow our heads for just a moment.
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.